This, this, this is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertsons. And brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. It's Miller time. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Luke Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. And by Omni. Omni Hotels and Resorts, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys. Now your hosts, Christy Scales and Brad Sham. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another season of the Cowboys Hour. Thank you very much for joining us uh, tonight. And so welcome, Christy Scales. What a fun thing to get to do this I'm with you glad again. Glad to be back. It's been a while, and thanks so much. And I'm glad that we're talking tonight like this, and it's conversational. We have an awesome guest coming up. Because, Brad, as you know, uh, during games, people don't like to hear from me because it's on the sideline and in games. It's usually That's a little bad harsh. news. It's, no, it's, harsh. it's bad news. I'm used to being the IRS agent of uh, the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys radio network. You don't want to hear from me. But, man, there was a little too much airtime yesterday. And uh, it, the injury situation, it the injury bug bit Big time in week one. Yeah, unusual to have uh, that bad a game compounded by so many serious injuries, and we'll get to that in just a second. I do want to tell you that uh, this week and next week, uh, we are coming to you uh, without a live audience from the podcast studio at the uh, Cowboys uh, headquarters at the Star as we're working on a couple of technical things with some new equipment. And then uh, in a couple of weeks, we will be out at various locations in the Star District, and we will tell you where they – do you remember where the first one was? I have it here somewhere, but uh, not right in front of me. So we'll give you plenty of notice. Uh, it'll, be at, it'll be at various locations throughout the Star. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence is going to be our guest uh, this evening, and he's uh, on his way. He had a meeting, and he had to attend to some stuff, and he'll be here in just a moment. It gives us a chance to get caught up on some business, one of which is the uh, story that is uh, breaking on the interwebs that uh, Dak Prescott has had successful hand surgery, and he will be back in six or seven weeks, probably. The The problem is they've got to buy. That's right. It, the timing falls out right around Halloween, uh, the game against Chicago here, but then they got to buy the next week, right? That's right, and it's actually fortuitous because you're basically buying uh, Dak an extra week because the buy does change; it can change year to year, and usually teams like to have the buy a little bit later uh, because uh, you get a little bit of an extra break as you go into the you know the final. I would say sometimes as late as the final third of the season. I know that a lot of uh, coaching coaches or players have said that they don't like to have the bye too, too early. You kind of want that sweet spot of right in the middle. But the way that it's set up this year, because of the injury to uh, Dak, it may actually be very good timing. So uh, before I forget, we want to welcome all of you who are joining us wherever you are on the Cowboys Radio Network. And if you're streaming on uh, DallasCowboys.com, whatever day you're doing, that then you can see us so hi uh wish you were, wish you were here and in a couple of weeks you can yeah be. we'll see you in the star district exactly exactly right so uh yeah so the cowboys will make roster moves um they will um some of this is a little esoteric but you know technically cooper rush is on the practice squad but if dak prescott's going to miss 
that many weeks, then the likelihood is they'd put him on injured reserve, which is a minimum of four weeks. And then you would probably sign Cooper Rush to the active roster, and that would be the corresponding roster move. And uh, sadly, they have a couple of others that they're also dealing with. And all that Mike McCarthy would say today is that, by the way, Dak's surgery was successful. Did I say that? Yes, that's, you said that's that. What, that's the number one thing, yeah, the number one yeah, concern yeah. of Cowboy fans right, right. now. And so, and so, look, it's one game. It's It was a horrible game, and the injuries are terrible, and uh, this is why it's why we watch sports for stories like people getting their chance, and that's what Cooper Rush is going to get right now. Now, the other injuries are also impactful, and they involve. And the only thing Mike McCarthy would say at his press conference today uh, was that Connor McGovern, the left guard, uh, would not be available this week against Cincinnati, and Jaron Curse who's the big Swiss Army knife of the defense, would not be available against Cincinnati. Now, all I know is uh, Connor McGovern was on a, was in a walking boot in, in, right. in a locker room last night, and Curse left on crutches. That's right. So I, I think they might miss more than just one game. Exactly. And McGovern, only seven plays. Uh, that injury happened at the 11:22 mark in the first quarter, the opening series, and so he was replaced by Matt Farniak, who is backup guard, backup center. Uh, the Coordinator spoke today following Mike McCarthy, and so one of the questions for offensive coordinator Kellen Moore was, how did Farniak do? And he said he, he battled hard, and so <laughs> he did, didn't give a grade, and Kellen's not going to give grades anyway, but he talked about grit and battling hard. But the thing about Farniak, you know, in his work in training camp and in preseason, and he got a lot of preseason snaps, but so much of it was at center because he's the backup center. So to not only get thrown out there for extended playing time, but to be thrown out there at a position that you didn't get that much work at. And, oh, by the way, it's Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks across in one of the best defenses in the league, a really stout defensive line. Good luck to you, young yeah, man. Yeah, you, you put Hicks and Vita Vea together, and I'm not joking, that's 700 pounds of <laughs> defensive <laughs> tackled in the middle of the line there. So, um, But looks like we'll be seeing a lot more of um, Farniak moving forward. But then it was interesting, Brad, because you mentioned uh, J. Ron Curse, and that was actually a knee injury. And he's a Swiss Army knife, as you say. Such a unique, with his size and physicality, being able to drop him in the box, and yet he can he's good in coverage. You can match him up with tight ends. You can match him up, not with the small. So, and here we go. We're talking about defense and matchups. And here is the one person that offensive tackles they don't want to see lined up across from him on Sunday because he is not only a great defensive end, great pass rusher, great run defender, but one of the best leaders that Brad and I can think of in, me, in recent memory for not just the Cowboys' defense, but for the This is called team. Christie is vamping while he settles That's into right. his chair. That's right, while, while DeMarcus gets— successfully happened now. And please welcome number 90, Cowboys defensive end, DeMarcus Lawrence. Yeah, welcome. that's right, except when he's a defensive tackle and all the other things. Appreciate you coming in. Oh, no problem. Thank yeah, there we go. Uh, so we were just talking about the uh, injuries, uh, all of the injuries. Mm-hmm. Huh, what a night. 
Uh, and we were just talking about the one to J. Ron Curse. So let me ask you, first of all, um, he does so many things. And Dan Quinn said at his session with reporters today, he's not sure he's ever asked a safety to do as many things as uh, J.K. has done for you guys in the last year because mm-hmm. he can do them. Right. And it allows it allows Quinn to come up with new schemes and things. So, how do you assess the um, just the football impact? First of all, of losing him for however long he's going to be out. Yeah, uh, you know, um, I feel like the guys know it's going to be tough. Um, it's hard to see a, a good caliber player like you know um, Jaron Curse go down. Uh, you know, but we're going to have to uh, prosper through it and you know fight through it. Um, I mean, but it also gives us an opportunity, you know, to see how good we can be without him. Yeah, and uh, I feel like that's going to be, you know, the interesting part about it. Um, you know, without, uh, you know, Dak also or, uh, you know, some of the guys on the offensive line, I feel like it gives the young guys the opportunity to go out there and play, um, find themselves in the system, and uh, for all of us to, you know, learn how to, put the team on our back and, you know, uh, grind it out and get some wins. Well, you you opened the door, so um, we have to – when you lose the quarterback, it's a unique position. And when you lose him for a period of time in the first game, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like being slapped, isn't it, a little bit? Oh, yeah. And so what – so talk to us a little bit about – what's the collective mindset when you when you know that he's not going to be there mm-hmm. for a while yeah um got to rally the troops um i feel like all the guys in the locker room feel like we prepare well throughout this whole training camp and you know even though you know we lost last night and lost a couple of few uh key guys i mean it's all about you know uh persevering and you know being resilient through those times and understanding what we got to do because it's a long season. You know, those guys going to be back, you know, uh, hopefully sooner than later. You know, but if, you know, we handle our job and do things the right way, we can put ourselves in a good position when they come back. So, sadly, you have a little too much personal knowledge about this because it was now it was it was week two. What was it, Wednesday? Oh, yeah. Uh, when you broke your foot last year and then you were out for a long time. And, and I wonder what you learned that – in that period, both from the standpoint of the guy who's out, uh, that you can uh, uh, commiserate with uh, on the defensive side, Curse, but also with Dak and, and McGovern, and then as a leader, which you clearly are, what what can you take from your situation last year to bring to helping everybody get over that hump? Yeah, um, you know, just recapping on the situation last year, um, I felt like defense, you know got tremendously better without me last year after that week one loss. Um, so uh, I, I feel like, you know, it's going to be the same thing. It helps me, you know, grow into my leadership role, um, being able to, you know, help rally the troops and make sure everybody is ready, you know, to go out there and do their job. Um, you know, and it's really all about just taking it one day and one game at a time. Um, you know, staying, staying with your preparation and not getting outside of outside of the game. You know, and just staying focused on it. So uh, I feel like we're going to be okay. Um, I want to stay with that leadership thing for a minute before we have to take our first break. Uh, I've said this to you before, so this is not new. I've, I have certainly since Sean Lee left, to mm-hmm. me, there's no question you're the leader of the defense. Now, the kid who came in and joined last year, he, he may get talked about 
mm-hmm. a little more because he's pretty good. Oh yeah, number eleven. Um, but to me, and then and I thought what J.K. did for you guys last year as a leader, especially with you mm-hmm. not available, I thought it was remarkable, and it was. I think it changed his career. Oh yeah. Uh, but he, to me, this is still your room, the defensive room. Mm-hmm. And you kind of look at it that way too, don't you? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, you know, I had some great leaders uh, coming up, and I just want to make sure, you know, I'm passing the torch on um, being able to not just, you know, help my guys be football players, but also be men, you know, and um, being able to stand up and, you know, stand by what you say and what you do. Um, and, you know, and that's that's really all about, you know, um, this game of football is really just a brotherhood and being able to, you know, help the guys rise to the occasion and, you know, break out of their shells and their fears and being able to play loose and have fun, have fun like big kids, but also understand they're still men. So. Okay. Demarcus Lawrence is our guest. We are delighted to start off the season. Couldn't have asked for a better guest to start off the season than number 90. Uh, and we're going to take a break, and then uh, Christy will grill you within an inch of your young life. You'll <laughs> never recover from that inquisition. Uh, we're delighted to have everybody with us with Demarcus Lawrence on our first Cowboy Hour of the season, and we'll be right back.
Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. When it comes time, when it comes comes time to shop for tailgate favorites. That's your so handwriting. That, that's my can, handwriting. Can you not even read your I own handwriting? I cannot read my own handwriting, <laughs> right. but when it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, here's a question. If you wear a number 90 Demarcus Lawrence jersey yep. to Albertsons yep. and Tom Thumb on, on game, game day, day yeah. shouldn't you get 90% off I, well, instead of 10%? That that would be a lot, but okay. yes. Yeah. Uh, Talk to Carol about that. Yeah. We'll make that. I'm Christy Scales along with Brad Shaman for tonight's season debut of the Cowboy Hour. We're so happy to be joined by the leader of the Cowboys defense, number 90 defensive end Demarcus Lawrence. And DeMarcus, one of the things that we were talking about before going into break was um, dealing with injuries. It's something that Dak and J. Ron, Connor McGovern, even uh, Terrell Basham are dealing with now, Mm -hmm. something you dealt with last year. And I think that fans and media, they focus on the physical part of the rehab Mm -hmm. and the time getting back. But I wonder what's more difficult from the player's perspective, is it that physical part of it, or is it is it the emotional part of the recovery? Yes. Yeah, I say it's the emotional part. Um, you know, we're doing physical work every day, all day. So the physical, uh, you can take that out of the equation. It's just more of the the mental the mental side of it of your mind not breaking down of you not being able to be physical. Um, you know, once you do something for a long time, you get used to it. And once somebody take it away, it's like, what now? So um, being able to, you know, keep your mental strong throughout the process, knowing that that day is going to come where you can, you know, get back on the field. Um, that's the most important thing. Yeah. And one of the words you used earlier was being resilient, resiliency. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that uh, that's one of the themes this year, the T-shirts in the locker room last right. week we saw with resiliency. Is that for the entire season or is that something that McCarthy had for the beginning of the season? And, and how do you define that? Yeah, um, I think it's something he had for the beginning of the season. Um I'm pretty sure, you know, he ain't have it, you know, planned out for sure. us to have to be resilient in this type of way. But, you know, uh, just some I feel he wanted to re-talk uh, re- about about last year, uh, being able to be resilient and understand, you know, where we want to go this year. So um, I know, you know, through this time, you know, we're going to have to be resilient, um, being able to, you know, uh, fight for the guys that, you know, we lost yesterday. But, you know, it's going to be a, a great season. And one of those players, uh, Terrell Basham, with the thigh injury yesterday, have you spoken with him today or can you update on mm-hmm. how, uh, physically or, or mentally how he's doing? Yeah, um, Basham's doing pretty good. Um, you know, uh, I feel the worst news he said he had was a contusion. Mm-hmm. Um, a contusion, I don't know how bad it is, though. Uh, but, you know, um, he feels like he's going to be better in a week or two. So, um, Oh, so that's good. good news because when he came, he literally had oh, to be th- helped off the field. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty tough. Did and, you and, see him when he was leaving the field? Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, contusion is a, a bruise. So, right, right. Like, so it's depending on the area that he has the bruise, and it's like on his hip bone. Oh, oh, yeah, no wonder. So, even worse. Yeah, yeah, it can't move. Yeah, I mean, it, he looked like he'd been shot, and now I know why. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Well, um, that's why you had 10 D linemen up. 
last night, right? Yeah. And fortunately, you're deep. You're deep in that room. Yeah, we're very deep, um, you know, and that's why we call them the trenches. Uh, the trenches ain't nothing to play with. Uh, you, you know, I have to be very physical to be down there and um, I always stay on guard, you know, um, because it's a dangerous game and, you know, injuries always happen, so. You know, um, I'm, I am uh, – awe is a little, is a little um, strong because I'm in awe of what you guys do physically, the price you pay, the sacrifices you make. Um, I am amazed at – for the generation that all of you are, mm-hmm. I'm including you in the, in the little baby <laughs> rookies, okay, um, social media is such a big part of y'all's life. Mm-hmm. Now you've been a little less active, maybe lately, but I follow you yeah. some, so you're out there, um, and it's such a big part of your life, and it's so negative. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard Layton ask this question in a phone interview today, and I'm interested in your thoughts. Um, how do you keep that noise? You you don't need more negative. People right. don't understand. It's not like it's not like y'all are trying to lose a game, right? You're you're paying a heck of a price physically to do everything you can to try to win a game. How do you keep all the negative stuff, especially on social media, out of your head and your and your uh, out from in front of your face? Yeah, um, I say the main thing is sacrifice. Um, being able to sacrifice that time away from social media, uh, understanding that you know. We have a lot of cowboy fans out here, so what comes that is a lot of cowboy haters, and um, sometimes they're the same people. I'm telling you, it's a very thin line, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, being able to, you know, push that aside, you know, focus on the task at hand, and you know, not even, you know, worry about the outside noise. If you go out there on a football field and have to play a football game, I'm pretty sure you're not at, you know, middle linebacker looking around and seeing who's in the crowd, you know. That's the same thing with social media. You know, you have to just stay focused on what you have going on in life and not worrying about, you know, what everybody else has going on. Okay, do you now or have you ever uh, mm-hmm. checked your phone at halftime? I believe I have, but I really don't. It's, it has you to quit. Be. Wait a minute. Yeah. During the regular season or during preseason? No. Period. Period. Yeah, <laughs> period. Period. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. But there um, are guys who do, right? Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And I mean, you know, more power to you if you feel like you can stay, you know, locked in on your game, and then, you know, who's texting you, or what's on social media. Yeah. Now, uh, with your your th- three kids, right? Any of them old enough four. for four? So, w- yes. any cell phones yet, or having oh, to yeah. monitor all? I mean, but like really into all that, and yeah. so you're having to. How old's your oldest? Be the dad. My oldest is sixteen. Oh, so, well, yeah. So, oh, so you're, you're having to control. You're out of now, luck. Now, <laughs> are they able to – do you ask them to avoid some of the things that are said about the Cowboys or, the, or you're, you're getting it reported back to you by your by your kids? Well, um, you know, I got a marketer, you know, that be online mm-hmm. all day, mm-hmm. every day. Um, you know, I, I feel like he tried to do his best with keeping the noise down, um, making sure my family don't – you know, have to see none of that or, you know, hear anything crazy. But, you know, it's really um it's really all about, you know, really putting those uh parent parental blocks on their phones and, you know, making sure they can't go go to all the TikToks and Facebooks and, you know, things like that. And um, 
you know, um, got some pretty uh, interesting uh, parents of, of my kids' uh, friends. So, yeah. you know, they be, you know, letting me know all the details on what I should do and stuff. Sure. Now, now, uh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> like online or online. they call you or they... No, they, they text they, you. And- they'll give me info about, you know, the apps. Like, hey, like, my son want to get this app. Like, uh, is Damari on it? Or, you know, like, should should we get it for him? Or what what is it going to do? Like, uh, Facebook Messenger for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like. There like, is, there is, that's a thing? Yeah, it's a thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, so, like, they can <laughs> actually interact and talk with each other. But, you know, um, I feel like also, um, shout out to Blockchain, you know, Cowboys sponsor. But, you know, uh, with how the world is going, you know, they're going to be able – it's getting them another way to have an access to communicate. Okay. And I feel like people these days, like we we don't been through COVID and all this, and now we don't got into a shell where we, we don't really like to face-to-face communicate. So it's just getting them another way to communicate. So that's I, – I by the way, I don't feel bad at all. My son is older than you, yeah. so I don't feel bad about not knowing about Facebook <laughs> – DM for kids or whatever that that, that well, should, welcome to 2022 that Brad. shouldn't even be, no I mean I look for my someone no, my he's age very, he's very I'm technically capable pretty adept he really but that's is. that is scary that's yeah, something that's yeah, just I, I, not I do have one more question about the kids especially when they were younger mm-hmm. would they be able to know based on your demeanor after a game or like the next morning after a night game whether the Cowboys had won or lost. From my demeanor. I guess I'm asking, taking it home with you. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. They'll never know. I'm always going to come in the same dad every day, you know, whether it's a good day or bad day. Um, and the reason is, is, you know, they don't deserve the energy that came from, you know, this place or my job, you know, mm-hmm. so – uh, with that said, you know, like, nah, never. Good for you. Good for you. That's a strong man. I mean, because the first thing they're going to do when you walk through the door is dad, 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 dad. Right. And it's like, you can't push your family away. Right. You know? And so, when they're yeah. young, especially when they're younger, yeah. they don't. They may know that you're a football player, mm-hmm. but they don't care if you won or lost. They just know you're back home. Absolutely. And that is, to me, that is a tremendous perspective lender it kind of makes you remember yes that what i do for a living is important that's why i put so much into it right but this is my life indeed and you've done a great job of holding on to that perspective all right we're going to talk some more with demarcus lawrence and uh talk a little bit about what's coming up for the cowboys and how things uh, how things progress uh, as they handle the injuries and get ready for the cincinnati bengals um, I'm Brad Sham with Christy Scales. The Cowboys Hour coming to you from the Cowboys Podcast Studio at the Star in Frisco. And we'll be right back.
The Cowboys Hour along the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, also supported by Lucchese, the official boot maker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. I'm Christy Scales along with Brad Shan. And for the 2022 season debut of the Cowboys Hour, we are thrilled to be joined by Demarcus Lawrence, the leader of the Cowboys defense. And during the commercial break, we were talking about the number of snaps that the defensive linemen took. Demarcus had uh, the most of the defensive linemen as, last as night, be, of as course, it be. with sixty percent of the snaps. So thirty-seven last night, followed by uh, Osa Odigizua, Odigizua, and okay. so. But we were talking, and then Dorrance Armstrong, twenty-eight. But we were talking about uh, you thought that Osa played particularly well last night. Can you mm-hmm. just, uh, even though it was a only gave up one touchdown, it was a nineteen to three loss to Tampa Bay. But could you speak specifically to the play of the D line? Yeah. Um... You know, for Osa personally, I felt like he played well just because of his uh, gap discipline, um, being able to, you know, play uh, a position that, you know, we call like a, a two-eye, and uh, he basically has to play double teams. So uh, being able to play those double teams, shed his blocks, and stay in his gap, I mean, it's a hard thing to do, but he did a hell of a job last night playing and keeping our linebackers, uh, you know, free to flow downhill and make plays. Mm-hmm. Which they did. I thought yeah. Vanderesh had a heck of a game. Really did, oh, yeah. and that's one reason why. Absolutely. Uh, have Absolutely. you watched the tape yet? Yeah, we watched it this morning. As a group. As a group. As a team. The whole team. No, not the whole team. Defense. Just as a defense. As the defense. And, yeah. and then, do you like what? So, as a night game, you watched it this morning. What time mm-hmm. did you come in? Uh, came in around like ten o'clock. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'd done a couple okay. of phone calls by time. Yeah, this the life. Yeah. We, this we the feel life. like two percenters yeah. coming yeah. in. Uh, it is the life. You're yeah. right. It is the life. Well, one of the things that uh, the media had this afternoon was the opportunity to not only hear from Coach McCarthy, but the coordinators are made available okay. on Monday afternoon following a game. So we heard from Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator, who um, also worked so closely with the defensive line. But mm-hmm. uh, Dan's uh, different from the other coaches because he comes in and makes an opening statement before he takes questions. And of course, he brings that DQ enthusiasm. I, 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 I wish enthusiasm. I wish those of you who are not watching the live stream could see the grin on D Law's face right now. That's please, Quinn does that. Please tell me what he said. <laughs> okay, he, he opened it up. No, and, and I'm going to ask. Okay, what he said. Yeah. DQ told us that when he came in, he had three words: what, so what, and now what. So I would like to ask the question. For your perspective, Demarcus Lawrence, following uh, last night's loss to Tampa, what, so what, and now what? So the what is, we lost. The so what is, um, so what are we going to do about it? Um, You know, we're going to sit here, frown, pout, or we're going to learn from it and get better. And, And the now what is, now we have to, you know, put that behind us and focus on the next opponent. Uh, we can't sit here and, you know, drown in the past. You know, you have to be able to put it behind you and, you know, keep moving forward. So, Yeah, the, the other thing that Dan said was Cincinnati is the upcoming opponent on mm-hmm. Sunday. So the Bengals are coming into town, and they had a very disappoint, disappointing loss yesterday, losing in overtime to Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. most folks would say that was an upset. Of course, Cincinnati was in the Super Bowl last year. So I'm going to paraphrase what Dan said. Dan said, we're going to have two 
teed off teams yes. coming on yeah. on a, a Sunday. I assume you would agree with that. And can you just talk about the mindset when you know it, it is a disappointing opening to the season, and you know you got to get things going in week two, but it is a tough opponent. Right. You know. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be you know a fight for sure. But it's just really all about getting that first win. Um, you know, that, that says a lot about a team, but also it boosts a team's uh, confidence heading into every week, you know, coming off a first win. So uh, being able to get that first win, you know, to uh, set our mark on the season is really what it's really about. So uh, we, we may have had this conversation a couple of weeks ago in part, but um, it has been a while, and I'm not sure it's happened since you've been here, Mm-hmm. That the defense has been considered the dominant unit. This this franchise going back to almost its inception, once once it got its legs under it, uh, has been kind of star driven. And there's always been stars at quarterback and running back and wide receiver and mm-hmm. offensive line. And and some of the defenses have been really really good. But the offenses have always been the ones that had the star power. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the last time coming into a season that most people, whether it was here or outside Dallas-Fort Worth, would look at the team and say, well, it's the defense that's going to have to carry them this year. Did you feel that, that kind of scrutiny? And I'm presuming that you all said, yes, please, more of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you know. I felt like in training camp, we we all, as a defense, talked about, you know, what we want to be this year, you know, and um, being able to make it to a championship and how that looks for us, you know, um, and what what type of goals we're going to have to set in order to be the best defense, you know, in the league and, you know, being able to, you know, help our offense uh, get the ball more and, you know, put up more points. So um, it's, it's it's. I mean, it's a good thing, but also, you know, it, it comes with a lot of responsibility, you know, um, with everybody uh, looking at you as, you know, the best on the team. So they're going to expect more from you, um, especially, you know, from um, our season last year and the turnovers and, you know, all those are uh, good plays. So it's just all really about uh, complimentary football at the end of the day and um, being able to, you know, uh, get the ball back for our offense so they can score more points. Well, I asked the question because now, without the quarterback, I'm, I'm in a lot of fans' imaginations, you or somebody would get the whole defensive group together, and maybe it happened this morning, mm-hmm. and say, okay, we can't do anything about who's playing quarterback, but we can control the game. That's on us. Has, has that already happened? I think we'd be forgetting that Cooper Rush won us a game last year. Oh, we, I haven't forgotten. Don't worry. I All haven't right. forgotten. Cooper Rush is going to win us some more games this year. Yes, I'm saying it. But what was the feeling going into that game at Minnesota last year, the one where, where Cooper came in and, and played well and it, and it was a, such a fine road mm-hmm. victory? What, what did you take from – First of all, what was your mindset going in, and then what was the takeaway from it that carries to this year? Did you even make that trip? Yeah, no, well, I, you you weren't I, I playing. Play you weren't playing because you, you were right. out in yeah, week but, two and not back yet. But the team can take something. What do you think the team can take from that and apply to this situation? Uh, being, I mean, the next man up, you know, um, and you know how important that is to our training and. You know the process of football. Um, you know, one man goes down, the next man go up. 
and we have to be able to uh, count on you. Um, and, you know, Cooper don't put in his time and his work over the years and, um, you know, then made his plays on the field, you know, to help us win games. So we know we can count on him. It's all about – you know, us as a defense, um, getting him the ball more and getting him more opportunities. Yeah, and I I love that you mentioned that and you used the term complimentary football earlier. And uh, I think Cowboy fans are well aware of the uh, great turnover ratio last year. So mm-hmm. the Cowboys ended up plus 14, which was tied for first in the NFL. Turn, turnover differential means we're taking the ball away more than we're giving it away. So you right. want to be plus. You want to take it more than you give it away. And the Cowboys, a plus 14. But to me, what's more important than that is what happens after you get the takeaway. Are you able to convert? Because usually when you take it away, the defense is setting up the offense, often in good field position or scoring on an interception or fumble return. Mm -hmm. This is really important. The Cowboys scored 119 points following takeaways last year. So the the Cowboys were the number one scoring offense in the league, and it was in large part because of what DeMarcus' defense did to set up the offense. 22 different defensive players scored touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) Well, not defensive players, but players overall. You said defense, 22 defense. It felt like defense. Carlos Watkins, you know, that was my favorite touchdown of the year was was Carlos. You don't get too many defensive tackles scoring touchdowns. But here's the thing. Uh, gave the ball away. The Cowboys only gave the ball away 20 times, and opponents scored 35 points after giving it away. So take that differential. The Cowboys were plus 84 last year, plus 84 points. That's a tremendous amount. Mm -hmm. And so to me, I thought that was the whole key of the season, just looking back and how you were able to play that complimentary football. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, that was the highlight of the season, too. Um, you know, if your offense had more opportunities to score, I mean, you should win. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. How, <laughs> wait, how many defensive players did score? Oh, defensive players. You scored. Defense. Yeah. Uh, you scored. Uh, Dig scored. Five. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Nation scored on a uh, on a special teams play. A DA blocked a punt, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that, I'm not sure if I count that as no, defense. That was, that was Chauncey, right? Chauncey uh, picked that ball up on the block punt. Uh, well, Nashon also had one wow. on a on a blocked kick. Christie's going to look that up. I'll look it me. up. I, I want to go back to this because I I'm I hear what you're saying and I totally uh, am not underestimating Cooper Rush. I was on a national radio show this morning and you know everybody's looking for a ledge to crawl mm-hmm. out and I said hey, this is why we watch sports. All right, people people. Put their time in and pay their dues and make their sacrifices for their chance. Mm-hmm. Well, Cooper Rush now has the best chance of his life in the NFL, and so let, let's let him have his moment. Let's see if he's <laughs> if he's equal to it. And at the same time, your defense was as Christie is spelling out so dominant last year that I'm I'm just wondering if you don't look at each other and say, okay, let's make sure we give him a little extra help. Oh, most definitely. Um, you know and. And that, and that's how we want it, want it to be. We want the team to be able to look at the defense and say, all right, you know, make sure we win this game no matter what. And being able to uh, be put on that pedestal, I mean, it comes with a lot of responsibility, but no doubt, like, you know, we don't take it for granted, not one day. So 
Um, you know, um, I feel like we're going to definitely, you know, give Cooper the opportunities that he needs to make the plays to help us win games. If, if not, we just going to score the ball. There you go. How many of them scored? So Trayvon week? Diggs scored, Dorrance Armstrong, Chauncey Goldston, of course, D. Law, Carlos Watkins, and Nashawn Wright. One, two, three, four, five, yeah, but seven. Nation, but Nation, I think Nation's was on yeah, a that, kick. Yeah, that, that would be count as a kick, so six so, defense, defense. But you know what? Mm-hmm. He plays defense, so let's give it to the defense. Okay, fine. Our Love guest it. is right. the leader of the defense. I could have yes, sworn, sworn, like, four of those guys was D-Lyman. Right? Well, well yeah. Well, let's see. Golston, Armstrong, and you, D-Law, yeah, Watkins, that's right. How about and that? Watkins. How about that? Four defensive linemen. Now, find me baby. another time when that happens, <laughs> so y'all get going. And, and, and Micah, by the way, Micah didn't score anything. Oh yeah, oh, we, we'll man. make we'll make sure he get on the board this okay, year. Okay, very good. Demarcus Lawrence is our guest. We're going to take one more break and be back with a little bit more of our inaugural Cowboy Hour of the season. Come back with us.
Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. The Cowboys Hour on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network is also supported by Papa John's. Better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's, the official pizza of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Christy Scales along with Brad Sham. And for tonight's season debut, we're joined by Demarcus Lawrence, Cowboys defensive end. And Demarcus, one of the big question marks for fans entering the season is uh, the other side of the ball from you, but the Cowboys offensive line. Mm-hmm. And that was after Tyron Smith suffered the hamstring injury, knowing that Tyler Smith, even though he's was is a first round draft pick and you know high aspirations, but having to step in at left tackle at the start of this season, and by all appearances, you know we don't get to watch the film the same way that you guys do, but it it looks like he more than held his own last night. You went against him throughout camp, even though he played mostly guard. Um, what was your confidence level in Tyler, and what what do you like about him? Yeah, um, you know, Tyler is a great guy, um, you know, personality-wise, uh, but also, you know, his grit on the field, but also uh, his hands. Um, he has good hands. Um, he definitely held his own last night. Um, I feel like, you know, he's going to be able to hold his own this season. Um, you know, and he's just getting better with time. Uh, but I believe Tyler played – uh, tackle in college too. He did, so, yeah, at Tulsa. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he does has has experience at tackle. Um, so uh, with that, you know, um, I feel like he took that confidence into the game. You know, uh, just touching back on you know what he did in, in Tulsa and you know roll with it, and it, it did him well last night. He also um, is getting a master class from Jason Peters. Oh yeah, right now now, and I, I always say this. Because I, I am Tyron Smith's biggest fan, mm-hmm. uh, but people just don't understand the difference in the schedule for a guy like it was you last year. Mm-hmm. You're on your own rehab schedule for a while, so you can't be right. in all the places you might want to be for the young players and be as hands-on. So Tyron is going to help Tyler Smith, but there are some things he's just not around to do right now. So Jason Peters, you, you've gone up against Jason Peters once or twice, right? Correct. Uh, and I think he's a Hall of Famer, oh, just yeah. as I think Tyron's a Hall of Famer. And and I've I've said – he has said, Tyler has said, he's already taught me things. Yeah. I mean, like from the day he walked in. As someone who has played against Jason Peters, mm-hmm. what – What's it look to you like he's got left and how just him being in the room, how will he help Tyler and also Steele? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Peters, you know, glad, like I said last week, I'm glad he's here instead of, you know, with the with the green shirts. Uh, but, uh, you know, just touching on, uh, you know, how, how powerful and but also quick his feet is as a big guy. You know, you don't see too many, you know, 300 and he looked 350 pounds. I don't know how much he weighed, <laughs> but you know you don't see no guys that big with you know good feet like him. Um, and you know um, being able to go against him, I, I go against him and Tyron. You know as a rookie and you know second third year, you know it uh, really gave me what I needed to be a part of the NFL. Um, you know to have real man, you know grab you, and you can't do nothing. Uh, you, you and gonna, you thought you were bad. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah, and it's, it's really going to make you, you know, hit the gym and uh, tighten up your craft, you know, because 
no man should touch another man like that. <laughs> so Tyron always says that he thinks the reason that he became as good an offensive tackle as he did mm-hmm. it was because of Demarcus Ware. He said what he learned from D. Ware, he thought he knew how to play tackle yeah. until he had to go up against D. Ware. Mm-hmm. When you got here, did you think you knew how to rush a tackle until you went up against Tyron Smith? Yeah, I did. You know, and uh, I ended up ended up in a boot. So you did, you did, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right but away. I, but when I came back, I was as mean and fierce as ever. You know, and um, you know, and I, I feel like that's that's how our guys is going to come back. Also, um, you know, going through these injuries, um, you know, I, I know it hurts right now. So, boys, if you're listening, listen. I know it hurts right now, but you know, soak it all up, take all that energy, you know, all the doubt, all the hate. You know, and come back with a vengeance. Now, when Peters came in, I've, I've seen this before. Um, I'll really date myself, but I did it, so I don't mind. Nineteen eighty, no seventy-eight. Uh huh. And and the Cowboys were the defending Super Bowl champions. Their tight end, the great Billy Joe Dupree, one of my all-time favorite players, got hurt. Jackie Smith, now in the Hall of Fame, had retired from the then St. Louis Cardinals, Hall of Fame player. But he went up against Charlie Waters and Cliff Harris twice a year for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And there was a hatred. And, you know, Peters was an eagle. And he was all eagle when he was over there, Mm -hmm. being a native Texan especially. And I know when Jackie Smith walked into the Cowboys locker room that – they looked at each other like, "Are we sure this is a good idea? Is this really mm-hmm. going to work?" Was there? And it, of course, it did. And they wound up just—he wound up being a great teammate, and they were a great teammates to him. Was there any of that with Peters when Peters came in, and y'all who have been going up against him for a while looked at him and said, "Y'all, you're in the wrong place." Um, no, nah, I don't feel that. Um, I feel like you know it was more of a a welcome. Um, you know, um, Peters Peters done played a lot of great ball for the for the NFL, and you know, as, as this being a brotherhood, we we understand that you know players get traded or you know uh, people you know change teams you know f- for various reasons. So uh, we don't take no hate hate to that. You know? Well, well, Demarcus, I have to you know, Brad, I have to defend my broadcast partner here. We used to talk about 1970. It is old school. He's taking it old school. It is his 44th year he said with this, Dallas he said Cowboys Saint, Radio Network. What you say, the St. Louis Cardinals? St. That's Louis. where they were. That's where they used to be. Oh, and wow. before that, they well, were the Chicago Cardinals. They were the Cardinals. Chicago Cardinals, but I wasn't around for that. They were the St. Louis Cardinals, mm-hmm. and they were in the Cowboys division. And they stayed in the Cowboys division when they moved to Arizona. At first, but they were still in St. Louis then. That's amazing. Yeah, That's yeah. Amazing. So Brad's first year, kid. You know, it was I'll, great. I'll teach you some stuff. It was the I'll first year. It was the first year that they introduced the face mask. Brad's first year, so oh, that was really exciting. Stop. They just had they just put away the leather helmets. <laughs> and don't leave them hanging there. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Law. Thank you, Law. So. Um, you look like you've got one. Well, no, I was just uh, looking forward to the upcoming game. 
again, we talked about Cincinnati coming off a, a tough loss, but one of the new players for Cincinnati at tackle is one of your former teammates, Lyle Collins. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's it like on the field? Is there ever some fun banter or interaction or any opportunity for that between plays? Or I know it doesn't really happen. Can't really he's be playing right tackle, isn't he? Yeah, he, 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 yeah. he is, but but you yeah, know, look at what, I wish what, y'all look like, at Law's face. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You're, you're grinning, yeah. and please yeah. tell us why you have a grin on your face when <laughs> yeah, I mentioned right. Lyell, because I, I know he, he was very well liked in the locker room and right. did a, so, had a really fine career. The portion with the Cowboys. Yeah, my boy Lyell, um, you know, miss him. Um, you know, glad he's doing his thing over there with Cincinnati. Um, can't wait to play him this week. Um, it's it's going to be exciting uh, being able to see a familiar face across from you, you know, but with different jersey color on. Uh, it's going to be exciting, um, and, you know, just I'm going to have to go in there, um, recap on his game last week, see how he really did, you know. But uh, I feel like, you know, it's going to be a pretty good game. But is there an advantage since you've, you know, all those years that you would practice against someone? Of course, I guess you could say he would have the same advantage because he worked against you, but is right. there something to that? Uh, yes and no. Um, and with that said, it's because, you know, when you think you know somebody so well, you know, and they change one thing or they bring an extra guy over on his side, like that whole block protection changes. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's it's just a game of football. But but here's the humanity part of it. This I guess this could be like if you were playing your brother or something, but mm-hmm. I mean, um your job is to go mess him up. Right. And, and now he and everybody knows one of the great things about LC is he'll he will play right through the whistle. Mm-hmm. And his job is to try to mess you up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't that weird? No. <laughs> uh, All right, I'm a, you. You now have me ready to go for this game. Thank you, hey, uh, Demarcus. Thank you for coming in. I appreciate, appreciate you very much. Me, he is the heartbeat of the Cowboys defense, Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, for Christy Scales, I'm Brad Sham. Thank you very much for being with us on the first Cowboys hour of the season. One more in the podcast studio next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!